0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning, everyone. God bless you, Chuck. You're going to need your Bibles today, or, or an electronic version of it, the same. And we're going to be in John chapter 6 for the most part. Now, in John chapter 6, in the beginning, we have that, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. So, if you remember the story, all these people, it's at the Passover, people are hungry. One, it's in all four of the Gospels, and John, of course, has it in his. In the other versions, they, one of the options is, let's just send them away. First, they ask them about, do we have enough money? And so Jesus then takes the loaves hands them to the disciples. They begin multiplying. They hand them to the people as they continue to multiply. Sort of sound like the word of God. But anyway, that's and then there's plenty left over. So then he heads north. And in between there, he walks on water and... It's some amazing things are going on, so the, but the people are chasing after him. They're seeking him and seeking him and seeking him. So when they get up and they see that he's gone, the boat's gone, they're like, where in the world is Jesus, where'd he go? We saw the apostles, the, the apostles, they left, and Jesus stayed, but now where, where's Jesus? And so they, they all jump in the boats and they start heading to Capernaum. Now they were in Tiberias, which is south. The, the Sea of Galilee swings out, and Tiberias is south, Go goes straight on up to Capernaum, and that's where they went to. So it's about six miles. So Jesus walks through part of it. And so they all get there. So now we get to verse 25. John 6:25 It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Because they were like, what's the deal here? And so many of you that like the King James Version Jesus answers, truly, truly, or amen, amen, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Let's stop right there. He says, you're not... You really don't. All you want is more to eat. And he says, he actually used the word gorged, is how they ate, almost like they made pigs of themselves. Is is man, he just, that's what all you want. And he says, Why work for food that spoils? Why the works? I'll give you food. And he talks about the seal on him. And that seal says, I'm the authentic deal. I'm God's son. Yes. I'm the deal. Come on. By the way, every one of you that are sons and daughters have that seal if you look at Ephesians chapter 1. That's a powerful, powerful thing to remember. You are. See, you have the seal of the Holy Spirit. So, anyway. Don't let me do that. I keep going off and I know there's hands and I'll never get through this. <laughs> um, so, but When he says do not, that's stopping a work that's already started. Stop being so busy, 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 thinking somehow this is going to solve something. We tend to do that all the time. And that really turns our faith into superstition. I do this, I win this. I do this, I get this. I mean, it it turns grace into a debt. And this is a fundamental issue that we cannot ever lose track of. When we find ourselves doing that, that we do this little condemnation thing, oh, I should have done this now, God's going to be mad, and he won't give me a blessing, you know. Or if I do this, God might bless me. No. So, just be careful with that. So, anyway, um, now, notice that he goes on, he talks about works. and Now, that's a plural word. And Jesus is going to later talk about a work. And all the, the Jews when we understand their theology everything about them was a their lineage that they are the sons of Abraham and b works of the law and that's all their focus was and so when he's telling them not to do these works it's a little difficult for him. so he goes so what must we do what must we do to do the works god requires he goes singular the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Now, to say I believe in the one, which is first of all single work, is not to come into an agreement. It's, it's, not, it's not, actually it's not even a commitment or enthusiasm. It doesn't say, I believe in Ada because I believe what she says is true. Believing in someone is a relational situation. This is where I come to know someone so well that whatever they say, I believe in them. Subsequently, I trust in them that it is true. So there's a relation in the belief. So this is not believing facts. This is, so if, if I never knew Rick and I saw him up here, and I'd say, Rick says some pretty good things. That doesn't mean I believe in Rick. As I get to know Rick and I know the heart of Rick and I know where he's coming from as he's teaching, then I can say, I believe in Rick because the word is spoken through him. Totally different concept. So when we say we believe in Jesus, that automatically creates a relationship in Jesus. You don't believe in Jesus. That's the difference between in and on. So... So he says, you got to believe. That, that's, by the way, that's fundamental in our faith. To say, I, if you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, that states we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, now, so, so they were sitting there saying, what miraculous sign will you give us to, you know, so we can see and believe in you? Now, the tradition was that the new Messiah was going to do works like Moses. And so the issue of manna comes into play because they were expecting the new Moses also to give manna. So that's when he, so now that's the reason they're saying our forefathers ate manna in the desert and it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus then says in chapter 32 or verse 32, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Hallelujah! This down from heaven, he's going to say this seven times. Jesus is declaring he is God. I heard someone just this week say, the Bible never says, Jesus never says I'm God. He says it seven times right here in one chapter. So I, of course, I pointed that out. But anyway, it Jesus is really making it clear. I am the Messiah. And they know what's going on. Because they're like, come on, give us some of this bread. You know, the bread of God is the life and purpose of Jesus. Giving life to the world is why Jesus comes on earth. This is the very, very purpose of of Jesus' coming. And he is here. And he's pronouncing it right now. The kingdom has come. I'm here. It's come down from heaven. And so then the famous verse comes in verse 35. I am the bread of life. This I am is so powerful. I am. There's nothing else you need to say. Boom. I am. Some of you are maybe a little bit old, as old as I am. People used to talk about what is a football player? What does he look like? What does he sound like? What is a football player? And people go, butkus. Everybody knew. That's all you had to say. Well, Jesus is saying, I am, and I'm the bread of life. Now, he is manna coming from heaven in this statement. I am the bread of life. Look, But here's what he says. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you in that you see, you still do not believe. I'm just, it almost gets overwhelming. He says, you can't miss this. Comes. Let's look at one more time. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never go hungry. Notice the tense. It's present participle. So what he's talking about is a continual lifestyle. He who comes and keeps coming. He who believes and keeps believing. This is a continuous, this is a lifestyle. Will never go hungry, never go thirsty. So there's more to... Yes, there's a first moment of belief, but this, gets, this keeps going. There's a first time you come to Christ, but you keep coming. So we can't miss that because it gets countered later on because when they'll, they'll ask in, in singular. So all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I will never drive away. That's a, actually the translation is I will never, no, never drive away. It's a double negative. It is so powerful. What blessed assurance can we possibly go beyond this? That when we come to Jesus, I'll never be hungry, spiritually or physically. I'll never be thirsty, spiritually or thirsty. And I will never be driven away. It doesn't matter what I say, do, whatever. I'm right there with him. We joked about it in our Bible study. I said, if you're hanging from a cliff, he's got you by the collar and saying, calm down and just enjoy the view. (laughs) So, but that is so powerful. I mean, it's like, he's so, it's, it's so overwhelming, really, because then he talks about how the Father draws him. And the Father is sovereign and he initiates everything, gives us the point of election. And brings us to Jesus. Now, I'm not going to get into the argument of election, but if you're here, you're elected. That's, that's all I can tell you. You've been drawn. You've been wooed. It's actually, it's a, the, the word is more like woo. The father woos you and then brings you to Jesus. And he will never let you go. He's never lost one. And so this is this is the Father's will that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. That's the Father's will. Don't know anything about election. All I know is that's the Father's will. So, so now they start grumbling. Now why would they grumble about that? That sounds like pretty good news. They're grumbling because they know exactly what he just said. They're grumbling because they're saying, that was a messianic message, and it, this guy's saying he's the Messiah. So they're kind of like, oh, mm, you know, how can this guy say I'm the bird that came down from heaven? You know, isn't that Joseph's kid? You know, I remember him. Didn't you babysit for him? Yeah. You know, so they're, they're, they're kind of like, this is pretty big here. And, and so Jesus hears it. Just tell them, stop it. Enough. And he goes back again, back to the Father. And I will raise them up in the last days, eternal life. "'Raise them up, raise them up. "'Everyone who listens to the Father "'and learns from him comes to me. "'No one has seen the Father except me. "'I am the bread of life. "'Your forefathers ate man in the desert yet died, "'but there is bread that comes down from heaven, "'which man can eat and not die. "'I am the living bread that came down from heaven. "'If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. "'This bread is my flesh.' which I will give for the life of the world. What a bread. Jesus is free salvation. Jesus is the bread of life. But it's, this is a staggering invitation that's coming out here. Absolutely staggering. He's coming to a whole new level of personal salvation. I am the bread of life. Eat of me, you are saved. Hold it, hold it. Jesus, now tell me the theology behind that. No theology, person. All right, is there an Apostles Creed I can read and become, person, Jesus, I am. He has come, I am. This is so fundamentally shifting. Because up to this point, every religion in the world has a whole lot of theology. I was raised in all the theology. I knew a sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. I knew all of them—the Baltimore Catechism. Nothing hit me till Jesus became a person in my life that I could believe in this relational person of Jesus. But this is now—they're really going crazy eat his flesh, this guy's a little goofy, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Yeah. This is freaky. Eat. Okay, now I've got to eat this flesh and eat, drink this blood. Welcome to the church of the cannibals. (laughs) There's something else here. This isn't making sense. Why do we eat the flesh and eat this blood and it's so gory and so disgusting? These people are ready to go. Because, I mean, one of the very, very basics of Jewish law was you don't touch blood and eating flesh, especially a person, come on. This is crazy. But let's move back a little bit. Jesus has just been anointed by his father. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. He goes out into the desert. What is his response about the stones? Man does not live by bread alone. Right. Where does that come from? That comes from Deuteronomy. Now, he's, the cool thing is he's basically telling Satan, I'm the bread of life. What do you think? Because watch, because when you read Deuteronomy, I know I got a marker here, chapter eight. I'm going to read chapter eight, verse two and three. Remember how the Lord led, the Lord your God led you all way in the desert for those forty years, forty days in the desert. Okay, we got to get that. You you, I see. I forgot where it is. To humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on the very word that comes out, comes from the mouth of the, of the Lord. You don't live on bread alone. You live on the very word of God. Now this word of God is something a little bit different. This this word that he's speaking of isn't just a written word, although that's part of it. God's word is all that comes from his mouth. So we're talking about this dynamic, uh, purposeful, creative word of God. It's action. It's... it's. Uh, I mean, it's... It affects, it, it empowers, it creates. His word spoke an, an entire cosmos. His word spoke us into breathing as he breathed into the, the clay. His word is more than just writ, written on a book. Everything, every word that comes forth from the Father. That is what... he says here is what we must eat not just bread alone Jesus in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God then in verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us oh man here's what Jesus is telling them it's not wheat wheat, and flour and stuff that makes the bread of life. I am the very word of God come into flesh. I am the essence of the, every word that comes forth from the Father. That's me. That's what you must eat. My blood is the life of God. That's what you must drink. Something very, very different than just bread and water, blood. This is saying, I am the new covenant. And what do we... Because that's part of the word of God is covenant. God speaks covenant. He speaks covenant to Moses. Now he's speaking covenant to the New Testament. We are in this new... Look, at all that he has presented here is new covenant. In this new covenant is eternal life. Now. That begins now. Eternal its not everlasting life which comes later. This is eternal life now. You live in me eternally. The assurance of a seal. An assurance of an eternal relationship. I will never, no, not, ever be separate from you. Keep coming to me. Keep believing in me. Because I will never leave you. That's part of the new covenant. Jesus abides, dwells, lives in us as we live in him. This is our righteousness. This is everything that is foul in us removed so that we can live in Jesus as he lives in us. I'm going to make a wild guess. We're probably called the vineyard because I'm the vine, we are the branches. Has nothing to do with grapes. This is so fundamental. Jesus has proclaimed all of this. To who? Those that eat my flesh and, my, and drink my blood. Those that consume. They don't. You know what? It doesn't even say eat. It says chew. Like really gnaw on it. Like chew the word. Have you ever done that? I'm sure you have. You had a verse that kind of mm, stays in your head for a while. You're chewing on it. I mean... This is what he's offering. He's offering right now the New Testament. Or the, the New Covenant. Because when we abide, we're, he, we are shameless. We, are back, we return to the image and likeness of Christ. We are everything that he meant for us to be created. Yeah. That's how we, we, we abide in him. And, and we live in an overwhelming level of love. Incoming love. Outgoing love. That we've never had. We've never understood pure love. All of our love has been conditional. (laughs) Oh, thanks for that that cold drink. (laughs) I love you. You know, we always had conditional love. Just pure love comes out of us. Suddenly, something happens to our marriages, our relationships with those of you who have kids, co-workers. We don't say, if... Because when when we talk about the love of our our spouses, it's now love. That never happened to us before. Anyone who's ever been married, then became Christian, will tell you that incredible change in their marriage. Because I I became a born-again Christian 15 years ago today. It was on Good Friday. A year ago, today on Good Friday, I was having throat surgery. <laughs> but and everything changed. Everything changed. I, I mean, do, do, does it mean our, my wife and I never fought again? No, we still did. But it was a, it was a whole difference. It, we were, we were, before, it was a selfish fight. I'm mad at you because me, you're late by 20 minutes because of me. Not because of you. I'm the one who's upset. You've inconvenienced Me. Everything was about me. I was in the center. Suddenly God got into the center and I kind of got into the periphery, although it's almost like a binary star, but it's still, everything else changed. Every, now I can look at things in relation to how it affects the glory of God differently. Now, is my wife still late and do I still get frustrated? Yeah, but it's nothing like it used to be. It's not a fight in the car all the way to wherever we're going. It's, come on. And then off we go. She's Korean. They, have, they even call it Korean time. So, But uh, we live in a joy that's unlike anything we've ever had before. This is part of the new covenant. The kingdom. See, we've talked about it before, is when joy becomes in the center and the circumstances surround you, everything has changed because we have truth in our center that gives us joy. When you're not Christian, truth is peripheral and it's occasional, but anger and frustration and sadness are at your core. That becomes out here when you have the joy of Jesus in you. That's a, such a transforming t- thing to have. It's, it, I mean, and then, of course, you know my favorite is peace. The power of peace that you have is overwhelming. That you can speak shalom into any situation in chaos and fear and rebellion just start to scatter. I am overwhelmed sometimes. That, we sing that for Easter. I'm just, that's, that just says it so much to me. I'm just so overwhelmed. Oh, yes. What this verse means. And I look at it, and, then I, and I, I just kept thinking. Well, what triggered it? I t- I meant, Rick mentioned was a, an email. Actually, I, I made a copy of it. I, th- I think I'll read it to you. Now, this I sent to Rick on Good Friday, the morning of Good Friday. And I was at work, so I was typing as fast as I could. I said, hi, Rick. I've really had to reflect on the, uh, we have a, for those who are new here, we have a school of kingdom ministry that many are attending, and it's really been incredible. And it's put on by the vineyard. And so it's, I don't want to say it's a seminary, but it's it's a very impactful school. So I had to reflect on the school of kingdom lesson and about the fall and the impact the ingesting of the forbidden fruit had. I'd always place more emphasis on the shift of trust and allegiance from God to Satan. I've watched this lesson, and communi- c- communion kept coming to mind. I couldn't really pull it all together. I re-watched the lesson several times. Putty goes on and on about the fruit being in the body, causing the transformation that we now recognize in the world. Last night, Thursday of Holy Week, no doubt, I had a dream that the Lord explained a few things. Up to the very point of the fruit being chewed and swallowed, Eve was being tempted. Had she even spit it out, she would have been safe. The act of eating completely was where the theory became heart. And the Lord said that the evil one has many of us convinced that temptation is already the sin. Because we've been tempted, we think we've done something wrong. And that's not it at all. We haven't failed. It's to believe and then confidently acting on the temptation that makes our rebellion complete. To take the bread as the reminder of the word made flesh and the cup as a reminder of the life of Jesus, our Savior, makes the shift of the allegiance. That is one of the reasons he wants us to chew the bread, totally taking Jesus into us, while Jesus is responding totally by pouring into us. Jesus is responding by totally pouring into us. This becomes our response to the new covenant. This places us in the grave, allows our resurrection, and seats us with Christ in heaven. The heart, the will, and the mind of God enters us and transforms us into a new creation that is the image and the likeness of God. Much of the dream is personal, but the last point was that the now and the not yet come of the kingdom has to do with the cosmos of creation. The kingdom residing in each of us is complete. All of our being is in Christ, and He is in us. No part is left out. See you Sunday. May God reign in the heart of our church. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.